Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning and welcome to Recruiting for Mamas. My name is Jennifer Powers Johnson. I have a son, Jackson Powers Johnson, who is currently a player for the University of Oregon. Uh, This particular podcast is designed to help moms and dads. Uh, I look at my demographics and actually I have uh, 49% moms and 51% dads that listen to my podcast. So you're welcome anyway. Um, these are just the things that I specifically have noticed or learned along the way in our process. And um, I'm not quite sure when I'm going to record, but when I do, it's generally because I've seen some things come up and I get a list that's long enough to talk about for a certain amount of time. And then I go and talk about those items and uh, we cover those. And as always, um, if you have any questions or suggestions or uh, something you need clarification about, uh, feel free to send me a DM on Twitter. Uh, I'm Jet Set Jen on Twitter, which I think is J Powers J. Um, and uh, I'm also open to learning it about anything at any time. Additionally, like I'm not an expert. There are definitely coaches and people in this space who sometimes charge a lot of money. This advice is completely free, so take it for what it's worth. Um, These are just my observations and judgments, so um, you are free to disagree. Um, Today we're going to cover the difference between being watched, being offered, and being recruited, because those are very separate parts of the process. We're going to talk about those three. We're going to have a, a brief discussion around social media because there's some specific things that I've been kind of seeing lately that I, I hope moms and parents understand as well as players understand. And then we're going to kind of finish up this particular uh, podcast t- talking about services, uh, the things that people are trying to sell you within this recruiting industry that may or may not be uh at your best interest or within your budget and what you can kind of um, expect from those things and whether or not they have value. And because uh, it's as far as I'm concerned, you shouldn't be spending a ton of money to get recruited because there are perfectly free ways or very low cost ways to get recruited without having to spend a lot of money. And so we're going to cover all those things in today's podcast. All right. So with that being said, Let's cover the first item, which is the difference between being watched, being offered, and being recruited. Uh, some people believe uh, you that those things are all one thing, but they're definitely not one thing. So the first part of being recruited, I would say, is once you've gotten on the radar 
of any specific college in the U.S., what that you're essentially doing, and we have a whole podcast on getting on the big board and knowing where you are on the big board, as well as creating your own big board. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to talk specifically about a college big board and uh, how you're on that big board. So the first part of being offered is really being watched. And generally in those kind of cases, what they've done is they've gone through and something about you has interested them. Perhaps you have reached out to them with some film. Perhaps they have seen a game that you played in because they were scouting someone else. Uh, Perhaps uh, you put out your film and there was an explosive play on there or something on there that was difficult or hard to do. And so they're watching. Uh, Generally, at this point, you have managed to make it on your position coaches or on the recruiting uh, coordinator's board, but you may not be um, on everybody's board. So an organization kind of has different levels of boards. They have what everybody, all the coaches know on that particular organization who they're recruiting. So if you were to look at the University of Oregon or BYU or Utah or frankly any organization, you would see um, that there are times where they go into recruiting meetings and everyone on that staff is very aware of who they want for every single position on the team in the upcoming class. Okay, when you're just being watched, you're generally not in the upcoming class. So right now, most schools are working on uh, closing out their 2023 class. Those will be folks that will be signing in December and uh, in cleanup in February of this year. Um, and they're working on looking down the road and starting to offer their 2024 class and their 2025 class. And so what is happening at this point, if you're on someone's board, but you haven't been offered, what they've done is they started to watch you. Something about you is interesting. But the number one thing that happens at this point to move you from being watched to being offered is they need more evidence. Some sort of evidence that says, this kid's interesting and we think this kid has talent or we think this kid would do good in our system, but we need more evidence in order to move him from being watched to being offered. And so what generally is that evidence that they need? Well, what I've observed overwhelmingly is a lot of times what they'll say is we want to get on a call. They'll send you a note and they'll say, we want to get on a call with you and your parents or you and your mom and dad. Um, or depending on your situation, if you just have a mom or if you just have a dad, they want to get on the phone with that particular parent, okay? Generally, they've also sent you a questionnaire, um, a recruiting questionnaire, and they have you fill that out so they can get a better understanding of who you are, what positions you've played, how much varsity time you've had, that kind of thing. And so being watched at this point, it's you really are on a job interview. And so you need to make sure that everything you're putting out is speaking to additional evidence that they may need to see in order to take you from being a watched kid to being an offered kid, okay? And so a lot of times those those will be phone calls. Now, uh, phone calls when you're dealing with a coach from a university, a parent, uh, from an athletic parent, right, and the athlete themselves, those calls 
can be incredibly awkward. Um, number one, if you and your particular athlete don't have a good, um, it's almost like a, a shtick or a repertoire where you're able to banter and also uh, engage with a coach or a third party in such a way that makes them feel brought in, makes them feel part of your family, that makes them feel interested. So there needs to be kind of some chemistry between you and your child and how you and your child have discussions with the third party. The second thing is, is a lot of times the parents can be incredibly, incredibly charming, but that doesn't necessarily mean their athlete is very good speaking with adults. So parents will panic at that point and they will take over the conversation and have the conversation for the athlete who's kind of sitting there not really adding anything to the conversation. And you'll notice that when that happens, a coach will start to get, wait a minute, I'm having a lovely conversation with the parent, but I'm not necessarily having a lovely conversation with the athlete. So they'll try and direct questions directly to your athlete to get your athlete's response. And your athlete should kind of that be anticipating those particular questions and have responses for them. So I've seen kids go through interviews where they have a parent on the phone, they have a, uh, an athlete on the phone, and they have a coach on the phone, and the parent will come away from that particular conversation feeling like it went really well because the parent had a great conversation with the coach. Uh, the kid will be neither kind of here nor there on it. They'll be hopeful, but the coach will come away from that going, this kid... He doesn't, I don't know that he's overly interested in us because he didn't say a word on the call and his parents were taking over. So clearly the parents are interested, but maybe not the kid. And I've seen those go poorly before in which a, a conversation did not turn into an offer. And so I think it's really important for folks, if you're going to be getting on a call with a particular coach from a particular school Let's look into that. Let's get on the internet and find out what their accomplishments are. Let's look into it. Let's find out uh, what the school is known for, what some of their top programs are. Let's look into the background of the coach and see the different places that particular coach is coached and be able to come up with conversation items to discuss that. And then, frankly, if you're having a coach with a call with a coach and you're trying to turn that from their being interested in you to adding additional evidence about why they should offer you, your kid should be, at the most part, kind of driving that conversation, um, asking questions, having interest, uh, wondering about uh, specifically the program and kind of what their ideology is or what they're trying to accomplish this year or how that particular team sees that, that your athlete could help them get their goals because you want to be on the same page as their goals at the same time. So the kind of the number one thing from this particular piece of the process with watched, offered, or recruited in the watch section, what you're really trying to do in those conversations is to make sure you're adding additional evidence that takes you from somebody who's interesting and someone who may fit in the program to someone who absolutely would be great in the program based on those conversations. Um, and I definitely say role play. And I know your kid's not going to want to role play and they're not going to feel good about role playing. And they're going to be like, 
this is so dumb. Why are we doing this? I know how to have a conversation. But it literally is the difference between having their college completely paid for and not having it paid for. So make sure you're role playing on those conversations. Okay. Now, let's say for the sake of argument that you've done really good and they've decided to move you from this kid is interesting to we're going to offer this kid. Every school in the nation puts out more offers than they can actually take kids. So uh, depending on who you are, there are some things you need to know about that. Number one, uh, being offered can occasionally be the copycat business. If Alabama offers you a full ride offer, there isn't a, a school in the nation that probably doesn't want you. You're that good. If Georgia offers you, there probably isn't a school in the nation that doesn't want you. You're that good. So a lot of times what you will see is you will see universities offering a kid not based on their own research or based on their own due diligence, but based on the fact that they've got offers from XYZ schools, okay? So... Don't be discouraged by that because there are kids in the 2024 and the 2025 class who've never played a single down of varsity football, but they're being offered. And they're being offered because somebody down the road has decided to do their homework on that kid and thinks they're going to be a prospect. Uh, the other thing that can happen too is if you come from a football family and most of the people that listen to my podcast don't come from a football family. But if you come from a legacy football family that went to a certain university and there are older brothers that played at that university or an uncle or a dad or somebody that was part of that university and you've got the same last name and some the same genetic gene pool, if you've got even decent film, it's almost like you've got pedigree. And so they'll go ahead and offer you having no idea if you're nearly as good as XYZ athlete that was in your place. So a lot of times what can happen is kids will get a ton of offers. They've never played a down in varsity football, but they have the right last name. And as much as we wish that wasn't true, that's in fact very true and happens all the time. What I would caution everyone is don't freak out. Those particular individuals can only take one offer. They can only go to one school. So even if 10 schools offer them and you think, oh, they should be offering me instead of offering them, uh, don't worry about it. Because at the end of the day, that particular athlete can only accept one of those offers. So make sure that you're not worrying about that and that you're just working hard and trying to get your own offers. So again, things to cover here and offered. A lot of copycat. ABC school has offered them, we want to offer them, and a lot of uh, pedigree offers here, right? But being offered isn't being accepted. So again, a lot of offers go out every year, and just because you're offered doesn't mean you're being recruited. What that says is, as a university, we think you're good enough to come play for our university, but we're also putting together at the end of the day our top 20 to 25 positions that we're going to take in your graduating class cycle. So we may have offered you, but you still need to kind of fit in with what we're putting together for that particular class. So being offered is one thing, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily being recruited. Being recruited 
is a whole nother thing. So I always encourage people, if you've been offered, make sure if you can, if it's drivable or if it's school, you're really, really interested, you need to get out to that school, even if it you drive out and do kind of an unofficial or an official visit and get to know them and start forming relationships with them. Because now that they've offered you, there's almost like this opportunity to turn being offered into being recruited, which is a very, very different thing. And the difference between being offered and being recruited is relationship. Relationship is a big deal. Um, and and what they think they are going to you are going to do for their team. So Again, one thing being watched, a whole different thing being offered, but then then the next level is being recruited. So Jackson had a bunch of different offers from different schools, and I would say out of the different schools that offered him, there were uh, maybe a handful that were recruiting him hardcore. And so sometimes an offer would be a drive-by offer. He got one offer where uh, he never met anybody from the school, they um, were a school back east. They had come in to do some visits along the Wasatch Front. Uh, they talked to his coach specifically. He brought him and another, another kid in to see them, shook their hands, saw their muscles, saw their tape, and uh, in the span of maybe 25 minutes, gave them an offer. But no one from that university ever followed up with them or tried to have a relationship with them. Now, if Jackson had really liked that particular offer and was really jazzed about that school, we would have pursued those relationships and started building those relationships. But that offer just came on the fact that somebody else in the same kind of range had offered Jackson already. And so they wanted to have kind of a placeholder in there if they, were, if they thought they could get him as well. Being recruited is a whole nother gig. So when you're offered, you may get generic mail. So uh, you'll get a university and all of a sudden you'll go out to the mail every day and there'll be a bunch of mail from that university, but it's not specific to you. It'll be like, these are the athletes that we have in, in, in the NFL. These are our academic programs. And they try and do that mail, I would say, uh, once or twice a week, once you've been offered, you go into that particular school's system and they're sending you mail every week, okay? But there's no, there's no personal touch to that mail. When you're being recruited, that is a big deal and they, and even, they really want you. So you're not going to get generic mail. You're going to get very personalized mail. That mail is going to be handwritten cards from coaches and not just your position coach. That is going to be the head coach and it's also going to be like every other coach on the team because once you're being recruited, they're essentially getting into uh, their war room every day. They've got their big board up there. They've got the prospects they really want to close up there and they're going, what can we do to turn this kid from being offered to being one of our players. So there is a huge uh, canyon, I would say, between being offered and being recruited. Being recruited is them trying to close you versus you trying to close them. So that is going to be personal mail. That is going to be daily texts. That's going to be weekly calls, not just with your position coach, 
but the head coach and other position coaches with the entire staff. They're trying to schedule a visit with you. They want to get you on campus as soon as possible and give you the entire experience. Now, when Jackson was going through this, uh, he committed very, very early. He was literally in the second week of his junior year when he committed. And most kids don't commit so soon. But it's very interesting that uh, just because a kid's committed doesn't mean that that kid's going to necessarily go to that school. So if there's a school that was like, oh, that kid committed, but we think we can flip him, they will still actively recruit you, right? They will still be calling every week. And and unless you say, we're just not having any contact anymore, like we're done, right? Uh, they're going to keep calling. So Know where you are in this process. No, am I just being watched? Do they need additional evidence? Am I ready to have a call and answer questions and be engaging and be interested, right? Have I just been offered, right? Are they putting a placeholder in there and they're just offering me and that's nice and everything, but they're not really recruiting me, right? Because uh, recruiting me is a whole nother gift. So what kind of mail am I getting? Do I have a relationship, not which is with the position coach, but the other coaches on the team? Do I have, am I hearing from the recruiting coordinator all the time? That's the difference between I'm offered and I'm really being recruited. And really being recruited is personal cards, personalized mail, uh, hearing from the coaches all the time. We had one university who took a picture of Jackson, turned it into a puzzle, a life-size puzzle that had to be put together, and every single coach on that staff wrote him a personalized note on their piece of the puzzle, which was a life-size photo of Jackson. We had personalized football cards that were sent to us. We were recruited really hard. And it's interesting that some organizations believe that they're recruiting hard and others take that recruiting hard to a whole new level. But regardless of where they are in the spectrum of actually recruiting you, uh, there will always be a personal touch. You will always have additional relationships beyond just your position coach. You, uh, They're going to want you to talk to and meet every person you possibly can within that organization that's designed to answer your questions, find out what it is that is going to make you buy them, that's going to make you decide they're the ones I want to go to. So this is a buying decision for you versus a buying decision for them. So the reason why I talk about this is... Um, I meet parents all the time who think they're being recruited when only they're being watched or only they're being offered. But recruiting someone is a whole nother gig. So look at your offers or look at your interest and see where you are on those and then decide which ones do I really want to turn into being watched, into offered, being offered, into being recruited. And you control a lot of that. Now, there's always going to be a player that's possibly better than you or someone that's higher ranked than you that they might want to get. Um, but when you're being recruited, recruited, very rarely are you going to say to that particular program, I want to commit to you and have that program say, oh, no, we're not interested, right? 
Because when you're being recruited, they're acting as if, if you say yes, it's going to be the greatest thing on the planet. Now, if you're just offered and you're not being seriously recruited, and let's say you accept that offer, sometimes they won't take your acceptance, especially if they offered you a long time ago and they've already had some hiring people take the offer and the offer is no longer committable. So again, The whole purpose of this 23-minute discussion is basically to say, know where you are in the process and then change your behavior or change how you're working with that particular school based on where you want to be with that school. So that's kind of our discussion around the difference between being offered, being watched, and being recruited. Where are you in that and how? what can you do to make that shift or change in the way that you want it to? All right, we're going to take a little bit of time today and talk about uh, social media. There's some things that I've noticed on social media recently and I just uh, want to kind of point them out so you're kind of aware of them. So number one, uh, Anything on social media may or may not be true. And I know we tell that to our kids when they're in high school, like if they're being bullied or if it looks like everyone spends all their life on vacation, like that's not real, right? But in recruiting on social media, that's also not real. So my thing I always say to everyone is comparison is the thief of joy. When you're looking at other people's social media and then you're comparing it to your real life, you're basically, that's the thief of joy. So here are some things I just want to talk about relative to social media that you just need to be aware. Number one, there's this new phenomenon, I would say since uh, November of last year, November 2021, called Twitter Spaces. And I don't know if you're aware of what Twitter Spaces is or isn't, but Twitter Spaces is where a group of people can kind of come together and nobody's in charge really. There's a moderator that may have started it, but it allows kind of, it's like a group conference call where a bunch of people who are interested in a specific topic will go and they'll get on the conference call, but literally anyone can speak and anyone can ask questions. And and so it's kind of like a, town hall meeting or a conference call in which anything and everything can happen. Um, A lot of teams, their fan bases put together a Twitter space. And sometimes kids who are being recruited by a specific uh, school will go on the Twitter spaces. And when a recruit comes on the Twitter spaces, uh, the spaces loses their minds because a lot of times these are super fans. They are a hundred percent aware of every single offer that goes out and every kid and where they're rated and how many stars they are. And it's their way of almost kind of getting in and talking to the program or talking to an insider when a recruit comes on the Twitter spaces. And so what can happen automatically is that a recruit will be asked to be a speaker and, and, Some kids are very prepared for that and some kids aren't. Um, What I've seen over, and then sometimes their parents will get on. Let's say you've committed and a parent will get on a Twitter space and talk. And and, And here is my caution to you. Number one, 
the fan base uh, can be a really heady thing. Uh, they can love you up and, and build you up and, and be awesome with you. And sometimes that's a false sense of security and a false sense of your place in the world. So uh, my caution here about going into Twitter spaces is if you are going to go into a Twitter space, know what you don't know. So if you're going from high school and you're going into college and you've never worked out with the team, you've never uh, lifted with the team, you've never run with the team, you're going to be an incoming freshman, or maybe you're graduating a little bit early and there's a bunch of fans sitting in the round and you, they want you to talk, know what you don't know, right? And what you don't know and what no one can possibly prepare you for is there is a massive difference between I'm a recruit, I'm a commitment, I've signed, and actually playing from the team. And that size between those two is the grand canyon, right? No matter how good you thought you were before you were playing high school kids, when you move into college, there aren't just the next older ones. There's four years to six years to seven years worth of kids with experience and man muscle and uh, knowing the playbook, et cetera, et cetera. So know that you can't comment on your contribution because you're not there yet. You can talk about what you hope to do. You can talk about your plan to work hard, but you have no idea. It's like being a parent before you're a parent. If you haven't been a parent and you're suddenly a parent, you think you know what it is. And then you have a child and you have no idea what you didn't know. So know what you don't know. The other thing is, is be aware that there is someone in every organization that's job it is to make sure that your social media posts and your and the way you interact, both the athlete and the parent is being monitored by the school. So I cannot caution everyone enough. Don't big talk. Humility is the name of the game. I'm going to try. I'm going to work hard. I am. Thank you so much for your support. Keep supporting my particular school. Uh, but I don't know what I don't know yet. And I'm just going to go in there and work hard. I cannot stress and emphasize this enough. Number two, under no circumstances, the football world is tiny, 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 teeny, teeny, tiny. Under no circumstances should you ever say anything negative about another fan base, about your fan base, about a player, about another program, about another coach. Nothing negative should ever come out of your mouth on social media. Because it is such a small world, the coach that you think is the greatest thing since sliced bread could be coaching for someone else next year. Uh, the player who you said something negative about could be on your team next year. There is no reason ever, ever to burn any bridges. So nothing but kindness and positivity should ever come out of your mouth on social media, period. 
that goes not only for the athlete, but the parents and the extended family. And, and that's it. Number three on social media, NIL versus reality. So let's talk about NIL real quick. NIL stands for name, image, and likeness. And the places those come into play when it comes to social media are followers, right? So you've got all the platforms. You have Instagram and you need a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of clout to be verified with the blue check mark on Instagram. You've got Snapchat and a certain amount of followers and what have you to be considered big in Snapchat. You have Twitter, certain amount of followers, uh, certain a level of clout before you get certified by, uh, I just lost my thought, Twitter. There's also TikTok, um, a certain amount of followers, a certain amount of clout before you become TikTok famous, right? All of those platforms make up essentially your NIL platform, right? So if I'm an athlete that has a lot of followers and I influence, that means I'm putting out content on social media that people like and they're clicking on. And maybe just fans of that particular school are clicking on me and maybe I have more of a national brand and everyone knows me, right? Sometimes the people with the most followers and the best content and the most engagements on those social media platforms never really contribute to the actual football team. So am I going to be a player or am I going to be a social media influencer? Make sense? So for instance, uh, I recently heard about a third string kicker who's actually paid probably more than a majority of the people on that particular team because he's not really a football player, is he? He's a kicker, third string, who puts out great content. Now, so I would say to you, and then what happens is people go, oh, I want access to his followers on that platform. I'm going to offer that third string kicker on that team, second string kicker on that team, some sort of promotional deal because I know he's got a lot of followers, right? And I want access to those followers. So is this particular kicker moving towards the next goal, which is playing or moving? And maybe he is. I don't know the first thing about this kid. I just know that he gets paid more than a majority of the actual people that play in games on the team, okay? So it it becomes really important to understand are your goals and your activities aligning? If my goal is to play in college and to get my school paid for and to contribute to my team, any sort of NIL and, and gathering followers and putting out content is secondary to that goal. Now, if I'm really, really good and I contribute to my team a ton, getting those followers is no problem, right? But if I'm spending all my time putting out content, I'm probably not as focused on the goal. And there are people that can do both. There are people that can do both, but make sure 
that what your activities are on those social media platforms are actually aligning to what your goals are in real life, okay? That's my kind of NIL, do you want to be an influencer or do you want to be a player? And if you're a truly great player, becoming an influencer is no problem. So just something uh, to be aware of. And uh, last but not least, specifically on social media, let's talk about the flex. So a lot of times what will happen is people will put together a tweet and they will tag very specific people in those tweets, trying to make like relationships are, are stronger or more important than they really are. Um, and they'll tag coaches or they'll tag, tag really high-end players, um, acting as if, oh, I talked to those people. Uh, they're recruiting me. Um, ever, you know, I'm on my way. Be very, very careful with the flex, right? Because social media, to a certain extent, is an illusion, right? The illusion of I'm successful and everything's great and I have no problems and, you know, I'm headed straight to the top. But if you don't truly know those people and you're not truly engaged in that process, sometimes the flex can fall really, really flat because no one you tagged or this this hype you're trying to create wasn't real, so no one bought in, no one retweeted it, and now it just looks like this massive flex that didn't didn't fly. So when you're creating posts, it's super important as far as I'm concerned to be as authentic as possible because the flex can actually backfire on you if you don't have those relationships because now it says something like this person is trying to level jump, this person is trying to pretend their relationships with specific coaches are very, very close when maybe they're not. Things like that can actually backfire because, again, football is a very, very small world. And so if you're trying to flex and it's not real, that actually hurts you and your long-term prospects. So just be aware of that, right? And I don't expect parents to all know specifically what a flex is, but kids know exactly what a flex is. So make sure you're having your conversations with your athletes about uh, if their texts or if, sorry, not their texts, their posts are appropriate when it comes to that kind of thing. And it'll just feel a little fraudulent and it's important not to have fraudulent posts. Um, a couple years back, there were kids that were posting that they had offers from all these different schools, right? And then you'd go and look and actually half the schools hadn't offered them. So be very, very authentic and truthful in your posts. All right. So let's just backtrack over that. Number one, Twitter spaces, social media, know what you don't know. No big talking. It can really come back to bite you in the butt. Number two, kindness, 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 kindness. Nothing should be coming from you or your athlete that doesn't involve kindness. Number three, do you want to be an NIL personality influencer or do you want to be a player? What are you working towards? And if your goal is to just play third string and become an influencer, that's cool too. Who am I to say that that's not completely a worthy girl? Um, and then know what's real and not real. And last but not least, don't flex if you have nothing to flex about. It can backfire. 
Okay, last but not least on this particular podcast, and then we'll wrap it up, is uh, let's talk about services that you can and can't pay for and what you can expect from those services. So what I'm seeing about this time of the year is what I like to call the great college tour. And what will happen is parents will pay a ton of money and they will go on a college tour to see all the specific colleges, right? And they'll go with an organization. So it's not just uh, the parents and kids getting in the car, but they're going with some sort of coach that played or used to play or knows coaches or, or used to be a coach and they're charging a ton of money and they're flying all over the country or driving all the country to go on a college tour. And generally these kids don't have offers anywhere that they're going to visit. So I knew of a kid a couple years ago that went to Georgia and Alabama and to LSU and to like this, the great college tour. That kid didn't get offered from any of those programs. But his parents paid a ton of money to have him tour around and see all those programs and put on outfits and take pictures. And maybe that was a really great experience for the kid. But I just want you to know that very, very rarely on the great college tours with how much they cost and everything, are you just going to show up because you're showing up with a coach who has some inside information and get an offer that they weren't planning on giving you anyway. You can't manufacture those things if you're just going and touring. Like I, a lot of unofficial visits, right? Now, occasionally it may work out. They may see the size and particular uh, way that your kid moves and say, oh, okay, we're interested. That could, co- that could create interest. But very rarely does it turn into an offer. Uh, the second thing is, is that um, there's a cottage industry around recruiting. We have people here locally that are charging parents up to $1,500 a month to be out there spreading the word about their kid. I think that is absolutely a scam and a fraud because there's nothing they're particular doing that a parent can't do on their own. So if someone's trying to charge you a bunch of money that's going to give you exposure and they're going to get you an offer, uh, I'm saying don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. There's nothing people can do for you that you can't do for yourself. There's a cottage industry here. Everybody wants to sell you something. Be aware of someone selling you something because I will tell you this. If you're a top player, generally they're not going to charge you anything, right? And you may have to pay for a camp here or a camp there or whatever before, but the moment you start getting offers, you shouldn't be paying for other things. It's a waste of time and money. And very, very rarely does it turn into something. Um, Next... There are recognized All-Americans, and then there's people who pay to become an All-American, right? And kind of the thought process is, I'm going to go play in this All-American game, and it's costing me $3,000 to go play in this game, but now I'm an All-American. Well, none of those paid games where you have to pay to go play in the game actually makes you an All-American. You can't buy 
an All-American. You can't buy it. And when you really are an All-American, they're all about giving you things. They're all about promoting you. So Jackson was selected for the All-Poly Bowl. He was also, uh, which is a Adidas, I believe, All-American. He was uh, selected as the Under Armour All-American. Both of those bowls, if not for COVID, would have gone on. They were paying his entire way to go to both of those All-American Bowls. One was going to be in Florida. One was going to be in Hawaii. It was all expenses paid. The hotels paid. The flight is paid. The food is paid. Uh, there's swag that comes with that. Uh the uniforms and cleats and all the things that particular year Nike didn't do one. You cannot pay to become an all American. If you, if they're charging you 1,500 to $3,000 and calling it an all American bull, you can't pay to be an all American. So great. You got recognized and great. You had that opportunity and those things have value, but they're not considered real. They're, considered pay pay for play to play um and so be careful when using those as accomplishments on social media or with coaches because they know that you weren't um there are also other all-americans that happen max preps names all-american there's no bowls that come with that um uh ESPN names All-Americans, uh, Sports Illustrated names All-Americans, and they do that um, from generally pulling from the other field. Gatorade has a Gatorade National Player of the Year. Those are all things you can get nominated for and you receive, but you can't control that particular process. It either happens or it doesn't. So just be aware that if someone's trying to charge you to become an All-American, you're paying for an experience, but you're not considered an All-American. Those people don't pay, okay? All right, so, and, and those are just some of the services you need to be aware of that are available for you during recruiting, but they don't necessarily... Uh, get you where you want to go. They're just part of the cottage industry. I know when I was younger, it was like, oh, my friend would say, oh, I'm going to modeling classes and I'm signing with a modeling agency. And the modeling agency was charging her like $5,000 to get modeling classes and headshots. And it was like, no, when you're a model, you don't pay for that stuff. They pay for you. So just kind of be aware of that. And once again, if you want to reach out to me via uh, direct message, you absolutely can. And I can tell you whether or not the thing that people are trying to charge you for is worth it and will propel you towards your goal or if it's just a great experience to have. And most of the time, they really are great experiences to have. So just kind of beware of that. All right. So that's our episode for today. Who knows again when I'll record. But a lot of time spent on the difference between being watched, being offered, and being recruited. Make sure you know where you are in that process. A lot of information regarding social media. Know what you don't know. Don't big talk. Everything should come from kindness. 
the difference between being a player who has a good NIL following versus an influencer who may not play. And comparison is the thief of joy. Don't compare your process with anyone else's. Half the time their process isn't real. And then last but not least, be wary of the services they're trying to sell you because a lot of times those services can be great experiences, but they aren't actually driving you towards your goal. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening. And as usual, have a great day. Until we talk again, thanks. Bye-bye.